Blog Talk Radio. Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, welcome today to a word from God radio broadcast on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler, and I want you to know that God has a designed word today, especially for you. It says in Psalms 119 and 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So with God's word in our heart, our lives will forever be changed. And then Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, meaning that the word will illuminate our steps as we walk towards our purpose in Christ Jesus. And I hope on today that you are walking towards your purpose in Christ. Hallelujah. So many people today say, well, I don't exactly know what my purpose in life is. But if you uh, pray and you ask God, God will show you exactly what it is that uh, that he will have you to do in life. If you walk down your pathway, if you walk down your lane and you keep walking and you're following God, you will be exactly where it is that you need to be in life. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to say thank you to all who have been following uh, this daily broadcast, especially ever since I've been doing this uh, teaching on eschatology, the eschatology series. And I want to say thank you to all who have been following the broadcast. I want to thank you for your encouraging words and for all of your support. And I appreciate, I truly do appreciate you all turning, tuning in and and listening to us uh, whenever you can. The one thing that I really enjoy about being on Blog Talk is if you do miss the live portion of it, like today is September 5th, I believe. So if you miss this one today, you can always go back in to the archives or on demand, and you can rehear um, 
this lesson that's actually being done live right now. And you can also hear the one from yesterday and the one from the day before. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and get started here. I do want to go ahead and pray first, and then uh, we will get into our lesson. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you for being just who you are, our Father, our God, uh, our, our King, our Lord. You are everything to us, Father God, our healer, our provider. And, Father God, I thank you for your written word. I thank you, Father God, for how you lead us and guide us through your precious Holy Spirit. Now, I pray your blessings be upon your word on today and that, Father God, you will show us some of the great things that are are going to be taking place as soon, Father God, as you release your son to come back in the rapture and take his bride home. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I decided today I'm not going to do a song only because I want to kind of get into some of the things, uh, kind of just go over a couple of little things that we went over yesterday to actually bring us into the main part of our message today, which is the rapture of the church. Now, on yesterday, we talked a little bit about uh, possibly when the rapture could be. Now, we don't know any dates or times, like I've already told you. Uh, you'll never hear me give you a date, a time, a month, a year, a week, or any such thing. All I know is that Jesus says in his word that he comes like a thief in the night. He says in his word, behold, I come quickly. So that's like an urgency. Uh, we always look upon him as the imminent return, the soon coming return of Jesus Christ. And we had some different views that we looked at on when possible the uh, rapture could take place. We do not know the day, the hour, or the time, but we can know the season. And I do believe that with the way that the world is going and how the Bible is fulfilling itself, it's very, very possible that we are in the season. But the season could be still 100 years from now or 20 years from now. We just don't know. But this is to give you a heads up so that when Jesus does return, you will be ready. Now, on yesterday, we looked at the pre-tribulation uh, rapture, and that is before the rapture of the great tribulation. I'm sorry, that is before the tribulation or the great tribulation would, would uh, take place. Then there would be some say that there is a mid-tribulation where the church would go halfway through the tribulation period. And then there's the post-tribulation, where others yet think that we would uh, not be raptured until the end of the tribulation. Then there's the pre-wrath tribulation, where they would they said that we would uh, right before God would pour out His most horrible wrath, wrath and turmoil upon the world. That then we would be um, raptured at that point. And then there's the pan-tribulation, which is they don't believe in the rapture. They don't believe any of the things that I'm sharing with you today are even true, nor will they uh, come true. And then we uh, talked a little bit about um, uh, the word rapture, and we see that the word rapture is not in the Bible itself, but the word caught up is. And we and we spoke yesterday about the Greek word harpazo, which means uh, grasp hastily, carry away, seize upon by force, and to snatch away. And then we saw that the uh, Latin word was repere, and it also means to carry off or catch away. And then we realized that the rapture is also called something else in the scripture, and it is called the blessed hope. Titus 2.13 in the King James Version, it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. You notice the word here is appearing. 
in the rapture, Jesus is going to appear and snatch up his people or catch his people up out of the world. So it says the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we went over that a little bit on yesterday. And then we talked about um, in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. And Jesus said in verse uh, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Saying to us, don't worry, don't be troubled about things. I'm going away, but I told you I'm going to come back. And so he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, ye may be also. And so we found out on yesterday that Jesus is making things ready for his bride. Uh, We found out yesterday that heaven is a busy place because they're preparing for the son to leave but to return home with his bride. And then we saw about four little things that what a bridegroom does or what a groom does for his wife, how he prepares uh, for his upcoming uh, nuptials uh, to the woman that he loves. And the first thing we realize is that he loves her. He, he, number two is that he comes for her. He doesn't just leave her where she is. He comes to get her. And then he has a place for her to live once he comes to get her. And then the fourth thing he does is he protects her because he wants her where he is. And so while Jesus is doing that, his bride is preparing, or while the groomsman is doing, uh, uh, the bridegroom is doing what he's supposed to do, the bride is doing what she's supposed to do. And so what she is doing is she's preparing herself. She's making herself ready for him. She's not uh, uh, looking here and there, looking for someone else just in case he doesn't come. She's not turning her back on him. She submits herself to him when he talks with her, when he calls her and he talks with her. You know, she's letting him know how much she loves him, how much she cares for him, and how much she wants to be with him. So if he loves his bride and his bride loves him, and she's preparing herself, and she's being obedient, submissive, and she's doing everything that uh, he has told her to do, why would he not come for her before one of the worst times ever that's going to take place in the world? Why would Jesus leave his bride here to be destroyed or hurt or wounded See, right now we're already going. The bride of Christ is already going through her her hard times, her times of persecution, of the enemy coming against her, things happening to her in her life. That's why he's working hard to get to her. But why would he allow her to stay somewhere and be tormented and and to be uh, 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 to be up under such wrath? From his father That's not what God does That's not what Jesus does He is not going to hurt something That belongs to him But he's coming back To protect her From having to be A part of that Particular situation That's going to come upon the world To try the world And so now we're going to Get into today's study of the rapture of the church. Now, this particular scripture, it is found in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. And in many occasions, you're going to hear this scripture read at just about every funeral because it is comforting. 
it, it is one where people know that if their loved one that passed away uh, uh, died in Christ, they know that they're going to see that loved one again if they themselves are saved. So at the end of this scripture, it says, comfort one another with these words. But this is the most beautiful encounter. I, I look at this as a love story because Jesus is coming back for what belongs to him. What woman doesn't enjoy having a man to come for her, knowing that every promise he made to her, he's going to keep because he's going to show up and do everything for her he promised. We know that Jesus is a God of his word, and he said that he is not man, that he should lie. And so if Jesus says he's coming back, hallelujah, he's coming back, and he's coming back for his bride. Are you a part of that, of the church? Are you going to be in that number of being the bride of Christ so that you're going to miss out on all of this stuff that's going to take place in the world uh, uh, as soon as the rapture hits, and then all of this other stuff is going to start going. The world, I mean, the world's already going haywire, but it's really going to go crazy after the rapture. So let's turn to First Thessalonians chapter four. And we're going to start at verse thirteen through eighteen, and I'm going to be reading this out of the King James version. And this is what it says, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Here Jesus is saying, I don't want you to be concerned about those who have passed on before you as if you have no hope. They're, you're going to see them again. There's no, there's no worries about that. Don't don't concern yourself about don't you concern yourself about that. You make sure that your life is right so that when I return they are going to be with me. And this is verse fourteen and it says For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him, what? It says God will bring with him. So that means that when the rapture hits, those who have gone on before us, who have already gone into heaven, are going to come back with Jesus. But why are they coming back with Jesus? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, some of us are going to still be alive and remaining on the earth when Jesus comes back for his bride. So it says uh, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, wait a minute. If Jesus is bringing back the dead in Christ, who are these people that are rising up out of the grave? Because what it is, Jesus is bringing back the spirits of the people who have passed on. The Bible says that, um, to be absent from the body when we die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we close our eyes down here, that's why we don't fear death because we're just transitioning and we transition so quickly. When we close our eyes here, when we open them up immediately, we are wherever it is that our um, path in life has taken us. For those who who died in Christ, they're immediately with the Lord. For those who have died in their sins, they are immediately 
in hell awaiting judgment day. So what's happening now is Jesus is bringing back the spirits of those who have passed, and their bodies are being raised up from uh, the grave. Because it says, uh, those of us who are, rely- who are alive and remaining shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. There's that word, harpazio, caught up for rapture. Together with them in the clouds. Now, it doesn't say anything about us staying here on the earth at this point. And this time, it says we'll be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord. Where? We're going to meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Hallelujah. So you're saying, why is the body coming out? of the grave and the spirit coming because, and I'll show you that in, uh, uh, in, the, in the next few minutes in First Corinthians chapter 15, but the body and the spirit will connect again, but it won't be the earthly body that we had here on the earth. We are going to have a renewed body. We're going to have a glorified body. Just like the body Jesus had when he resurrected from the grave. Our bodies will be totally different. We're not going to be, we will be who we are, but we will be so different. The things of the earth are no longer going to hinder us. We will no longer be hindered by time, by by food, and, uh, 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 by age. Things will be so different different when the Lord comes back to get us. And then it says that we will go uh, uh, into the clouds with Jesus and we will ascend into heaven in our new glorified bodies. Because you can't take this old, sinful, decrepit body, this human body, this fleshly body, you cannot take it into heaven. There were only... Uh, two men that that ever happened to, and I will be sharing that with you as well a little later on. So it says here, Acts 1 and 9 and 1 Thessalonians 4 and 17, it says, Jesus ascended into a cloud. Uh, the church is also caught up into a cloud to meet the Lord in the air. You see, it's only the church. We discussed, we discussed that on yesterday. It is only the church that will see him because we are the ones that he's coming for. Jesus isn't making a pit stop. He's not going. He's not going to say, let's stop off at Walmart before we go. Let's go to the mall. He's coming for a specific purpose. He's not coming to stop in any churches. If you're in church that night and the rapture hit and all of a sudden there are, are, are several people missing or two or three folks missing all of a sudden in your church, you know, and you still sitting there shouting and jumping, it says something about the life that you've been living. So only the church, the the, the, the true bride of Christ, is going to see Jesus when he comes back. In Revelation, when he comes for the second coming, he will be seen by all and he will come to rule and rage war with the beast and the armies of the world. And you'll find that, and we'll be talking about this later in Revelation 19, 11 through 16. Now, I wanted to share this. I wanted, I wanted to say this. We, we don't want to be left behind. You know, we have a lot of movies that are out right now as well. You know, some of the uh, top-rated movies, you know, the Left Behind series. And, uh, um, you know, they've added a little something-something to them, you know, to make it a little more interesting and 
and things of that nature. Uh, I don't really know what all is going to happen in certain situations, but I know that if you're left behind in the rapture, and even though you've been going to church all your life, but if you've never given your heart, if you've never confessed Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, if you've never believed in your heart, uh, that Christ died on the cross for you and accepted that precious gift, you may not be going anywhere. And so you don't want to be left behind, but Jesus hasn't come yet. So you still have opportunity to make things right with Christ. Now, this is the story about the ten bridesmaids. Now, when the end comes, this is Matthew chapter 25. We're starting at verse 1. Now, when the end comes, the kingdom of heaven will be like unto ten bridesmaids. They took their oil lamps and went to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish bridesmaids took their, took their lamps, but they didn't take any extra oil. The wise bridesmaids, however, took, a, took along extra oil for their lamps. Now, since the groom was late, all the bridegrooms, all the bride, bridesmaids became drowsy, and they fell asleep. At midnight, someone shouted, the groom is here. Come and meet him. And then all of the bridesmaids woke up and got their lamps ready. The foolish one said to the wise ones, hey, give us some of your oil. Our oil, our lamps have gone out. But the wise bridesmaids replied, we can't do that. There won't be enough for both of us. Go find someone to sell you some oil. Now, while they were buying oil, the groomsmen arrived. The bridesmaids who were ready went with him into the wedding hall, and the doors were shut. Later, the other bridesmaids arrived and said, Sir, sir, open the door for me. But but he answered them, I don't even know who you are. So stay awake because you don't know the day or the hour. Now, we've been hearing certain messages, and we've been allowing ourselves to be lulled asleep by entertainment in our churches and, you know, who's got the biggest this and who's got the biggest that. I don't have a problem with the size of anyone's church, small or large, as long as you're preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. I don't care what you put on in your church as far as long as you're in there worshiping and praising God and your worship and your praise is is pure, total worship and praise and you're not playing, you're not playing church, you're not being hypocritical, but there are so many churches that are up in the name, but they're not doing what, what, what Jesus has told them to do. And they're leading people astray because today, God forbid, our people are not studying the Word of God for themselves. We just want to. Uh, we just want our pastor to share it with us. You see, our pastors are in the Word, but you're not in the Word. You're not getting the full Word of God that you need. God wants you to spend time with Him. We take everybody else's word for it. You know, maybe somebody doesn't believe something. And so you may not be getting the full word of God like you should. So you need to spend time in the word of God. And that was the problem of the five foolish. They didn't go off and and have extra oil. They weren't praying. They weren't fasting. They weren't living for God. They were too busy partying, having a good time, and doing this and that and the other. And, oh, well, you know, he hasn't come yet, so... You know, we still got time to party and do what we want to do. We have all thought that way. We have all thought that way. Oh, I've got plenty of time. But with the way that things are going in the world today, you step in a Walmart and you get shot. 
You're driving down the street and somebody shoots you. You you you're laying in your bed sleeping. One of your children shoots you. There are hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes. Church, we don't have that much time, or, or the time that you may think that you have. You never know when it's your day that you get called to wherever it is that you're going to be going according to how you live in this world. And so these bridesmaids, they weren't ready. So they got left behind. And they heard the worst sentence they ever heard in their life. They knocked on the door, and they said, you're too late. And then he said, who are you? I don't even know you. For you to have to one day hear God say, who are you? I don't know you. I, I don't. I, your name is not written in the book of life. I, I don't even know. I don't even recognize you, you know. Well, Lord, I did this. I did that. I'm sorry. I, I have no recollection of you doing any of those things. Because we're too busy playing church. We're too busy uh, thinking that we have time, and we don't have the time that we think we do. So you you, you don't want to be like the five uh, uh, foolish. You want to be like the five wise so that when Jesus does return... So we don't waste our time every day. You know, Jesus coming today, Jesus coming today. We just live as if he is coming today. We we walk and talk as if he is coming today. I'm very careful about what I do and where I go because Jesus could be coming today. And not to say that I'm perfect because God knows I'm not perfect. None of us are at this point in time but we're trying to become like our Father. And the only way that we can become like Christ, the only way we can can act like God is that we have the Holy Spirit within us, and the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us and telling us what to do. Because I will tell you this, the Holy Spirit will sure talk to you and let you know when something's not right. I love clothes. I love to, to dress nice. And sometimes I'll go somewhere and and I'll see a dress that I like, and boy, I'll put that dress on in the dressing room, and I'm like, oh, this is cute. And the Holy Spirit said, "Uh uh-uh, that's not for you. And I try to think of all kinds of ways that I can buy that dress, but the Holy Spirit said no. Now, I can be disobedient, and I can vex the Holy Spirit, and I can not listen to the Holy Spirit, you know, and do what I want to. But I would I begin to feel a spirit of, of shame because I was walking in disobedience. And that's what happens when the five foolish they begin to walk they walked in disobedience. They did not listen. But the five wise, when the bridegroom came, they were ready to go. They didn't have to say wait, they didn't have to say hold up, they didn't have to say Stop, I got to go to the restroom. Well, Lord, can we go to Kentucky Fried Chicken before we leave? Lord, I want to stop over here at Papa Do's and, and, and get me a, a seafood a platter. None of that. They just went on to heaven because they went into probably one of the biggest marriage feasts ever. Hallelujah. So be ready. You don't want to be left behind. Now, I want to share with you uh, some um, instances of Old Testament raptures and protections before uh, uh, great disasters. Now, in Genesis chapter 5, and I was telling you how I said no flesh, no, no unholy flesh can go into heaven. This is why... When the rapture hits, we're going to uh, have a, uh, our bodies are going to be changed, and we're going to have glorified bodies. Um, there, 
is a man in the scripture, uh, Genesis chapter 5, 23, and uh, I think it was uh, chapter 23, yes. And it says, so Enoch lived a total of 365 years. One day Enoch was walking with God and he disappeared because God took him. Now, he's just sitting, he's just walking and talking to God. He was a praying man, evidently, and he just loved spending time with God. And God loved spending time with Enoch and just laughing and talking with the Lord and possibly worshiping God and praising God and and, and just whatever. And God loved Enoch so so much as Enoch was walking with God. Next thing he knew, he was looking at God. Because the scripture said he 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 took him. He just he was walking one day on the earth. People saw him walking. Scripture says he disappeared because God took him. And the next thing Enoch knew, he was standing in the very throne room of God. That's being raptured. The next one we want to talk about is Elijah, and this is found in Second uh, Kings chapter two, verse eleven. And as they were walking along, talking, suddenly a chariot of fire drawn by horses of fire appeared and drove between them, separating them, meaning Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven, never died. Him nor Enoch never died. They just went into heaven because they loved God so. They lived for God so. They walked with God. They were obedient to God. They did what God told them. They didn't argue with God. You know, they just did what they were supposed to do. And God took them. Enoch just was walking and disappeared. God sent a fiery chariot with fiery horses to come down and get Elijah, Elijah and take him into heaven. Most of us today, if we saw something like that, I doubt if we would even get into the chariot, you know. But uh, just two, uh, two stories of how God took them up into heaven. And that's how it's going to be with, with, with in the rapture. It says those uh, who, who died will be taken up first. And then those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. And so we see some other incidences even in the, um, in the Old Testament. We see some some uh, some areas here where there have been uh, where there were some raptures that took place um, even in the uh, Old Testament, and then we have uh, Noah and his family. Now they were not raptured, and neither was Lot and his family. But before great destruction, God. Uh, uh, got them out of there before great destruction could happen. And that's the same thing with the church. He's getting the church out of here before great destruction uh, is going to, that, that's going to fall on, upon the world. He's not going to punish. He didn't punish uh, Noah and his family, um, but he started the world over again with Noah and his family. And with Lot, he just he got Lot out, you know, out of there before uh, Sodom, and, Sodom and Gomorrah were totally destroyed. So it says, this is a vivid account of what will take place during the rapture of the church. You see, Jesus is not coming for a building, and he is not coming for those individuals who are... Uh, I'm sorry, he's he's coming for individuals, not a church building. Uh, He's coming for those who are ready for 
his return. Each one of us are an individual church. This is also called the bride of Christ. If you are the church, then you are the bride of Christ. And Jesus is coming back for you. And the thing that you need to do is just continuing, continue, continue doing what you've always been doing so that when Jesus uh, does come back, he's going to find you busy. He's going to find you serving. He's going to find you preaching. He's going to find you teaching. He's going to find you uh, helping the poor, helping the homeless. He's going to find you doing hospital visits. He's going to find you on your knees praying and seeking him. He's going to find you witnessing. He's going to find you doing all kinds of things, not you just sitting down saying, I'm waiting for the return of the Lord. I'm waiting for Jesus to come back and get me. But he's going to find you busy. Okay, now, now we read in uh, 1 Thessalonians, and it says that Jesus was going to come with um, uh, uh, a shout and the trumpet of God. So the three things that uh, we, we see here, these specific events that take place uh, as Jesus is descending to the earth and waiting for us to be caught up to meet him in the air. Uh, Jesus comes with a cry of command. A cry of command means uh, um, Jesus does this to awaken those in the grave, even though their spirits are coming down with him to join with their bodies for the uh, to, for them to form a glorified body. Jesus is speaking to specific, uh, specific the specific dead who have died in him and their bodies will be resurrected, just as he did Lazarus. Uh, Ever since I was a little girl, I always heard uh, my pastors and even myself have said that Jesus had to uh, call out Lazarus by name because if he had to just say, get up, you know, everybody in the graveyard would have got up because he is the resurrection. And so uh, Jesus is going to speak a a cry of command to the dead in Christ to get up. The unsaved won't even hear the cry. But those who were saved will hear the cry, and they will get up. And then it says there is an archangel's call. Now, the archangel's um, uh, the only archangel that we know of that is mentioned in the Bible, and that is the archangel Michael. And uh, one of Michael's missions is to be the protector of Israel. He has a great task before him, which is to help the Jews during the Great Tribulation. Now, Michael's a bad dude, you know. Uh, I remember reading a story in the Old Testament where it says, and I don't know if this was Michael actually, but uh, it says one angel slew 180-some thousand men. One angel slew 180-some thousand men in one night. And uh, so Michael is the protector of the nation of Israel. And um, it's his mission uh, to be the protector of Israel. He has a great task before him, which is to help the Jews during the Great Tribulation. Now he calls he he calls he he lets out a shout as well, uh, calling unto the Jewish nation to get ready and to prepare for the times that are coming their way during the tribulation period. It will be at this time that God's focus will now be on Israel 
his uh, uh, his people, those that he said were were was his were, was his chosen people. Uh, now uh, he he's turning his attention from the church because the church is being um, the church is being taken home. So now um, this is God's time now to deal with. Uh, with with Israel, and this has to do with Daniel's uh, 70th week, and we're going to get into that a little later on when we start getting into the book of of, uh, Daniel and into the book of Revelations. Daniel 12 and 1 shows us that Michael is the protector of Israel. This whole chapter of Daniel is speaking of the end times. It's not speaking of the rapture, but this is talking about the uh this is talking about Israel, not the church. The tribulation is all about the Jewish nation and not the church. We have fought a good fight. So at this time the church rests and the church is no longer discussed in um I think I think Revelations chapter three is the really the last time you hear anything about the church in the book of Revelation. I don't think the next time that you hear about the church will be when Jesus comes back, but we won't be called the church, we will be called his bride. And then it says the third thing it says with the sound of the trumpet of God, the trumpet call. This is a call to those who are alive and remain to be raptured and transformed into our glorified bodies. So Jesus comes with a cry of command to wake up the dead in Christ. There is an archangel's call, and that archangel's call is Michael's call to Israel. And then uh, the third one is the is the sound of the trumpet of God, and that is the sound that we, the children of God, the church, will hear to let us know that he is here and it is time for us to be taken up out of here. Now, when we are transformed, we will go from earthly time straight into eternity. Hallelujah. As I said earlier, we're not going to be bound by anything. From this point on, once we're raptured, we are in eternity. We don't have to worry about anything else. We don't have to worry about staying here, uh, uh, coming back here. We don't have to worry about none of that. We will be in eternity. When the word says to comfort one another with these words, it is telling us not to cry or to be weary when someone dies because God knows we're going to miss them. But if you're saved, if your loved one is saved, we will see each other again. If we have Christ in our lives, when Jesus appears, those who have already died in him will come back. With him, when our bodies are raised from the dead, uh, their spirits will connect with their body, and then we will all become glorified, and we will be transformed forever. After that, Hallelujah! I thought I was going to be finished with this today, but there's still a little bit more stuff I have to share with you. So we will be back with this tomorrow. But I want you to know to be ready, saints of God, because you don't know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. And it behooves us to be ready. We need to be ready when Jesus comes back. There's no sense running around uh, after the rapture hit and talking about, well, I didn't know. I, I didn't think he was coming back so soon. Be ready. Get away from the world and the world system and start living for Christ. I have been in Christ um, over 40-some years, and I have not missed 
anything about the world. Now, I'm not going to say that I've done everything right. I even backslid for a moment. But I came back home because the world has nothing to offer. I mean nothing. There's nothing out there. There's torment. There's pain. There's people using you. There's people laughing at you. There's people that's trying to destroy you. There's all kinds of men using you, women using you. There's all kinds of things. You we're looking for love in the wrong places. We 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 think that we're missing something because you know. Well, I want to party. I want to do this. I want to do that. I was one of the biggest partiers ever, ever. I loved the party. I was at every party. The beginning party, the party, and the after party, and the after after party. If it was a party, I was there. But you know, I don't miss it. And it's not because I'm older, because I've been saved ever since I was in my twenties. And it's not because you know I, I'm I'm older now. But it's because I love God, and I don't want to have anything to do with the world. We found out yesterday that if we're a friend to the world, that we're an enemy to God. And I'm not saying, and I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, having fun with your family, you know, doing birthday parties with your family and that kind of thing. But I'm talking about really riotous types of things, you know, where there's drugs and sex and an and overabundance of alcohol and, and and just things that we know that, you know, we possibly wouldn't take Jesus to. If Jesus came to your house, would you say, well, Lord, I'm going this far. You want to go with me? You know, most cases we wouldn't take him there. You know, so this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living a life for Jesus Christ. The more I'm in Christ, the happier I am. The more I'm in Christ, the less I miss. I don't care about the things of the world. I don't care, you know, what what other people are doing. You know, I don't I don't I don't care, you know, well this is the way we do it now. You know, I don't I don't care. My whole life right now is about Jesus. I don't want to miss him when he comes. I don't. But if you're saved and if you love God, you will not miss him. So if you're one of those people and you say, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I don't know that if Jesus came back, um, would I be able to, uh, uh, would I go back with him? I just don't know. I, I don't know if, 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 I, if I'm going to heaven or not. You know, you can know whether you're going to heaven or not. The scripture tells us in Romans 3 and 23, it says, for all have sinned and fallen, I'm sorry, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, we've all made mistakes. We've all sinned. We've all have fallen short of the glory of God. But the good thing about it is, is our God is a forgiving God. He is a loving God. And he is a kind God. And uh, it says um, we've fallen short of the glory or of his divine uh, nature or his glorious presence. We want to be in God's presence. We want to we, we be wherever God is. It's, it's like falling in love for the first time. Uh, uh, and you want to be with that person that you love. You You want to spend time with them. You want to get to know them. You you just love them so much. But Jesus is saying to you, even here today, he's telling you, he says, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. And he says, all you got to do is open up the door. Because if you've ever seen that picture of Jesus knocking on the door, Jesus is on the on the inside and he can't open the door. The door can only be open. I'm sorry, he's on the outside, you're on the inside. 
and there's no uh, a doorknob for him to turn. You're the only one that can turn it and open that door. And he says, once you do that, that he'll come in and he will sup with you. He will have fellowship with you, and you have fellowship with him. I'm telling you, some of my 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 greatest moments have been just being in God's presence and loving him and letting him love on me. And and there are moments when I'm spending my time with God that I'm so drunk in the spirit and I feel so great after spending time with God that my whole day, just everything about my day is just everything works. Everything is good. Everything is, is is the way that it should be. And even God will allow certain other things to happen that I didn't even ask him for, and he just threw in because of this special time that I want to spend time with him. And so I would ask you today that if you want to get to know Jesus, all you have to do is ask him to forgive you of your sins, believe it in your heart, receive what he's done for you, believe it in your heart, and confess. Confess that he's Lord, that you want him to be the Lord of your life. Uh, 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 Let him know how much you love him, how much you thank him. And Jesus will come in, like he said, and he will have fellowship with you, and you have fellowship with him. Well, praise God, praise God. I see that it is time for me to get off the air here. Um, I'm telling you the 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 uh, the time goes by so quickly. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't expecting, you know. Uh, for my little hour to go by so quickly, but it does. But I I, um, I pray that you enjoy what you've heard today. I pray that it was a blessing to you and that if you're not born again, if you're not saved, I pray that you will give the Lord a chance uh, in your life, that you will ask him into your life and that you will live for him and be for him and do everything for him uh, that you could possibly uh, possibly be for him. Well, again, as I said, um, it's time to go. <laughs> but before we leave the broadcast today, uh, I want to ask you to email me if you have any questions about anything, if there's anything that I said that was a blessing unto you. I will take any kind of questions. Maybe you might have a question about eschatology or something like that. Uh, I'm not going to debate anybody on anything, uh, but I will uh, I will answer certain questions if I have an answer to it. Um, please reach out to me. Uh, our email address is a word from God seven at gmail dot com. Again, that's a word from God seven at gmail.com. Please reach out to us for any kind of uh, contact information about speech engagement, prayer requests, biblical questions, or even donations. We just want to say we thank you again for being, uh, for listening and tuning into our show. Um, a word of God today has uh, really says we appreciate you. And this has been brought to you by blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler, saying thank you for joining us today. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for Him. And until next time, have a joyous and a very blessed day.
Yeah. 